What's up, folks? It is Friday Eve, Thursday night, for those always who keep track of the days during the week, and it is episode 57, and tonight, for the first time, we have an actual coach from your city, Philadelphia, from Frankfurt High School. We have Coach Juan on with us. He'll be on very momentarily with us, and of course, tonight, we'd like to have fun on the show, do the best that we can as we do each and every week, and yeah, it's hot outside. Whether you're in Philly, maybe not as much, but it could be. But down here in Tampa, it is absolutely roasting, but that's okay because some of us do like it. And it gives us more time to go out to the beach. So welcome, everyone, episode 57. Again, we're going to have Coach Juan on. It should be a lot of fun. We will find out everything what it is to be a coach in today's modern era. So we should have a great conversation with Coach coming up here momentarily. So we will see you guys here on the other side of the intro. I'm Angel. This is Broad Street South. And a couple of guys that we know that we can't do a show without. One being Vito Corleone, also known as Mike Fuji. One of these days, Vito. One of these days. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, I'm waiting for you to get me. What's going on, Angel? Not much. Listen, what what's uh, what I would like to know before anybody else comes on, what's going on in Philly? I saw there's a, like a monsoon earlier today that went through the area, so it, is it nice? Is it warm finally? A monsoon here today. Yesterday it was a monsoon. It's cooling off. It's supposed to be near 80 this weekend. So last couple of weeks it's been scorching, rain, cold, Memorial Day weekend, hot last week, back to the cooler weather, which is great, so. Friday Eve, Coach Juan in the house. The boys are in the back getting ready to come on. Let's do it. Let's have a great show. How's everybody doing tonight, folks? Sixers basketball while I'm on. Straight. Back at it tomorrow night in Atlanta for two. Embiid looking good. Let's do it. It's a bounce back. And, and, and we said it was going to be a bounce back, and it's a good thing that they did. And maybe our sports contributor can uh, bounce back as well into the screen, into the show, because, well, that's what our sports contributor does. So here is, without further ado, the jury. Juru, what's happening this evening? Four and two homestand for the fighting Phils. Let's go. Two walk-off wins in a row. And the dreaded New York Yankees are coming to town this Saturday. And guess who's taking the ball for your fighting Phils? None other than number 21, Vince Velasquez. Let's have him bounce back after his subpar start against mm -hmm. Washington last Sunday. See, and that's why I said the professor will bounce back because he knows exactly where I was going. So good job by the professor. And we can also... Not do the show without our youngest member of the show, the beat writer, Ducky, also known as Nick Lee. And there's Ducky with sunglasses and all. Yeah. Ducky, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. We got a great show ahead. And I uh, can't wait for some of this action. First, first coach we've ever interviewed, so it should be a good one. What's up? What's up, Doc? Let's go on, Let's do this. It's a lot of fun. And the last person introduced in here into the show before we get a coach Juan is our national correspondent, Ryan. Now. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> the Chiefs hat off, please. The whole, the whole, the whole Superman thing <laughs> throws me off. I forgot about that picture actually but i'm ryan neff and it's great to be with you this evening talking about sherm up there talking about benny v just give up the dream give up the dream sherm he's never going to amount to a consistent i don't even get me started we got my buddy up there mr fuji corleone my, <laughs> my adopted internet sports sensation son the duck man mr nick lisi and of course above me over here john cicada is in the house tonight. So fantastic to have Mr. Juan on tonight to talk some baseball. Coaching-wise, everything baseball, let's get into it. I'm ready. I'm fired up. That's a good way to start the show, exactly being fired up. And if you guys want to follow 
the coach himself, Coach Juan Newman. And I know I probably screwed up, but I hopefully I didn't <laughs> as I see him giggling there in the green room. But if you guys want to follow him just like we do here, it's J, <clears throat> excuse me, N-A, as I'm losing my voice here, M-N-U-N-24 on Twitter. And by the way, let's let's get the coach's numbers up because you know what? I'm pretty sure the coach has done a lot for the city of Philadelphia. So how about we get those numbers up? Let's get many more followers to Coach Juan because I'm pretty sure, and I can tell before the show came on that he is a very humble gentleman. But you know what? Let's make him more humble by getting those followers up there. And with that being said, it is the coach himself. Coach Juan, how are you this evening? Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me. I, uh, You guys are pretty awesome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. My Thank pleasure you. all the way. It. It, we, we try to have just as much fun as we possibly can on the show. I mean, it, it's just about cutting up and, and enjoying ourselves and doing the best we possibly can to for make sure. at least a good show. And, and if once the fun stops, as I always say all the time, that's when the show comes to an end because you have to have fun all the time, no matter what, even as stressful as your day can be. No, Angel, no, no Angel, question. I, I got to get his perspective. Juan, tell me my boy doesn't look like John Cicada. <laughs> tell me he doesn't look like Just tell another. Me, come uh, on. Know. He looks exactly. Throw, throw the John Cicada pick up there, Angel. <laughs> do, do like a side-by-side, and we'll, like I said, we should do a survey. You look like. John Cicada, I'm we're, telling you. We're taking a poll tonight. <laughs> there he is. Oh, my God. Just leave that. <laughs> just leave that up. Why was it on my face? Why was it, it on me? There, there is a slight resemblance. A little bit. There is a slight resemblance. Listen, I, I love having a good time. Um, I, I will laugh at anything, uh, including myself. So uh, I'm, I'm ready to roll. Here we go. Right. That's, that's, that's always, always good. And, and uh, a couple people to say hi to here. Tom, what's going on? Ducky, uh, the other Ducky. How are Ducky. you, Ducky? Uh, along with Bill. Hey, what's up? How's everyone tonight? Bill, thanks for tuning in. David March, I see brand new here. Just finished a nice Vega Fina. Whoa, someone had a nice glad, glad, glad you said that right. Man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I try. It, it happens, but I try. <laughs> David, thanks for tuning in. And Joey B, Aloha, Brossery Sports, still here in Hawaii. Boy, Joey, I tell you what, man, you must be How long you been in Hawaii for? for? It's yeah, been like was, two weeks. He's looking for a new team to root for. That, that's from what I understand. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's Avalanche or, hey, listen, doing well. Maybe doing he's going well. to the University of Hawaii. Good out there. It's he a nice spot. It's 1130 right now in the morning. That is a nice mm -hmm. spot. Must, must be nice. Must be. He's so, living a dream. He sure is. But, Coach, I want to, I want to start off here by <clears> – pardon me once again. I want to start off by saying, like, I, I know it's – again, we live – the society that we live in now is completely different from when you and I and most of us in the room, minus uh, our young Nick here. <laughs> when we grew up, you know, you you can get in people's faces. You know, you can basically not obviously berate them, but motivate them by being in their face and tell them the things that are doing wrong so it can pump them up and motivate them to do things right. So starting from your first coaching year to where you are now, what has been the most major adjustment that you have seen throughout the years, whether it's, again, in your face or finding something a different way to motivate uh, your guys and girls that are on your team? Well, uh, to be perfectly honest, I think the, the one thing that I uh, personally will never do is uh, lower the bar to appease an athlete um, right. at, at whatever level. Um, and I and I and I will say I, I find it a little frustrating when you watch it at the professional level where the bar is lowered because of who certain people are. When when I started coaching many years ago, right uh, in the city of Philadelphia, um, you were able to drive student athletes, um, not necessarily physically, but emotionally. You could push people a little bit to get the best you could out of them. And you can still do that. Uh, but you also have to understand there's limits with some emotional needs or um, even to the point where you got to be careful because you're not sure where students are coming from as far as an amateur is concerned. Uh, but I will never lower the bar uh, because of lowered expectations out of worrying of upsetting somebody's feelings. That, that may not happen. Um, but I, I definitely um, definitely think I've grown a little more patient in the last 20-some years. Well, listen, I know it, 
again, it, it's, I know we live in a world and, and you don't have to answer if you like it or not, but I, I know we live in a world where it's filled with participation trophies. Now, again, you earned your trophy growing up because that's the reason why you joined the team. That's the reason why you wanted to accomplish the ultimate goal was winning that championship. Do you believe, and again, you can answer, you can, you know, plead the fifth if you like, but do you believe that we should just be handing out trophies because kids participate in a particular sport and it may not be because they want to, and maybe because they're told to. I'm, I'm sure this may not be a, a popular answer. Uh, I teach in, in one of my classes, um, I teach a lesson very early in the school year to some of my younger students. And I drive to them that I don't know if they realize everything is a competition. Everything in life is a competition. And I, I hate to be a little cold or a little brass. Look to your right, look to your left. Every single one of these students that you're in class with, you're competing to finish higher than them. So you can get more scholarships than them. You're competing to get onto the varsity team with that guy or that young lady. At no point is anybody gonna hand you anything because you came every day. Like that. That doesn't exact. I don't know where along the lines we started just rewarding being there every day. That's a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. I love my athletes that they come every day. But I, sometimes even students or athletes, um, they feel as though, but I come to every practice, coach. That's wonderful. But I'm not just going to reward you with being a starter or extra playing time because you did what you were supposed to do. Right. It's a it's a matter of you need to compete in every in everything. That is a, a major part of everything that I have instilled in the culture at Frankfurt baseball is I don't care what we're doing. You got to want to be the best at it. Otherwise, things get tough down the line. It's not just about the now. So I guess to answer your question as best I can, I'm not a big believer in participation trophies. Um, I believe that everything has to be earned. I mean, certainly, listen, I'll, I'll applaud people for trying. I'll applaud people for effort. But you, you got to do, too. We can't forget about the doing. Well, that's very true. And before I get into my next question here, so if, if the next time that you win a championship, whether it's JV, whether it's varsity, and you need a good celebration, again, it's, it's if you just win <laughs> on the shelf, <laughs> Grab one from Goose's Breakfast Lounge at Backless because they have some great celebration cigars of every kind. And by all means, you know, just grab one, put it up there in the shelf, and just say, you know what? Goose has got it. So that way it'll give you at least a motivation factor. Of course, none of the kids. <laughs> yeah. Over, over 21, please. None of the kids. None of the kids. I, I but, will make sure to remember that for the kids. <laughs> not a problem whatsoever. But, Coach, you know, and, and it's interesting because you're, as you're saying that you, you at least teach the kids very early on what it is to earn things. And I think a lot of it is lost because it's so easy now to spoil kids. I mean, all together, it's, you can give them whatever you want to. You can work three jobs if you want to give them whatever, whatever it is in life, but it's learning that value of a dollar, learning that value uh, of yeah. earning something that, you know, if someone teaches you something, how much are you going to grasp and take that on? Because you may not move, you know, on to college. Maybe you decide to go into the tech world. You go take a, you know, go into a tech school. Because Lord knows we have a shortage of, of folks who should be in the tech world and the trade world. So it's a good thing that at least you teach them an early lesson early on so they understand it. And and, and I know you shared something with me before the uh, the podcast came on as we asked if you were on, on, on other shows. And I, I, I know you were on another show where, uh, unfortunately, the timing of it, as you said, when it came to, right. to Kobe Bryant, and the one thing that I, I guess I would say if he were still alive – it would be a, a great time to reflect him as far as the time that he had out in Mongo and then having you on, like we could have two great minds together. That would have been so much fun to have you and Kobe on because I, I say that and I get to it because as the years that you've been coaching, have any of your scholar athletes moved on to anything on a professional level or even on a minor league level? Oh yeah. We, I, our, our program, and, and I'm going to use the air quotes, which I hate when people do, but I'm going to use it anyway. Um, we're just a, we're a, a small inner city program, right? In Northeast Philly, which I, which I, I find fascinating that some people would even think of using that as an excuse, but we have been blessed 
to have produced um, pro athletes. Um, not not just I've I've coached football for a long time at Frankfurt, but we have we have put out elite level baseball players at, at the highest levels where I'm proud to say we've had guys drafted by multiple major league teams. I'm proud to say we've had guys go on to D1 colleges. Um, I'm, I'm proud to say that we've had guys go through all that struggle and continue to be a productive uh, citizen out in, in public. So we've certainly had our fair share of successes. We've had our failure, our failures. Um, but we have certainly had young men uh, fight the good fight, go through either a year at JUCO and get drafted. Uh, I, and I'd, I'd love to do the research on this. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna be wrong here. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I think the last public school kid to get drafted out of Philadelphia is a Frankfurt kid taken by the Phillies. Now he didn't, he didn't sign with the Phillies because he ended up going to college. Uh, but he did get drafted again after that. But I, I, I'm super proud of that because we are just an inner city team um, with a bunch of hardworking kids. Um, so yeah, we've we've had some successes. Coach, if you, coach, if you can talk a little bit about the COVID shortened season oh. and the impact that it had not only on you but your players as well, specifically your seniors. So it, it, can I go backwards a little bit? Sure. However, you would like to answer it. Sure. I, I think the single worst thing to happen to a young athlete, not just Frankfurt baseball, um, last year, um, last year, most young athletes didn't get to do anything. There was no gym time, no scrimmaging, no skill development. Um, and then we go through a year of literally nothing. And then we come back and only have a half a season. Uh, and these young men lost on arguably, and I'm using young men because that's what I coach, but I'm sure, you know, you can, you can put in young ladies or whoever they mm -hmm. lost out on one of the biggest developmental points of their lives. Uh, and I think you, it's funny cause I was going to bring this up later. I think that's why you're seeing so many young pro ball players struggle right now because they didn't have last year. They didn't have, and 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 I'm. I know we're talking about my guys, my seniors that just graduated yesterday. That I'll admit on live, uh, live uh, internet here. I cried when they walked across the stage because this class has been through something I could not even begin to imagine, and um, they went out and competed as best they could this year. So uh, it, it's it was a challenge as far as skill development, but just as much as mentally developing an athlete i think it, it it was devastating to a lot of different people so you talk a little bit about that struggle and you think about fundamentals and you take a team right. like the philadelphia phillies <laughs> who this year they've had their struggles with fundamentals yeah. right do, do the players on your team look at a professional team like the philadelphia phillies and say hey if these guys are making errors on the field like it's okay if we're making errors like how do you as a coach right. use that as a teachable moment if well, professional ball players are making these lack of fundamentals so so right off the bat i'm going to tell you that from the minute we have our first workouts i will tell a kid i will never ever yell at you over an error but i will get upset if you make a second error immediately after and i the only reason i say that is because whatever religion you believe in i believe in the baseball gods and I believe that the minute you show that you're, you've made a mistake and you're afraid of that next moment, you better believe that next moment is coming your way. I don't care what position you play, what moment you're in. If you make a mistake, you're immediately going to get put back in a situation where um, it's on you. So, yeah, our guys know that making errors is normal in baseball. There, there's never been a perfect player. But I absolutely use – the pros to say, Hey, listen, it happens at that level too, but watch the reaction. Watch why. I mean, I, I have seen guys make a horrible error and still have that composure. Um, and I'm assuming mentally they're, they're about to lose their minds, but you have to use, I, I will say it is frustrating though. 
It is, I, I, I have learned in my recent years that I can't just point to the pro athletes anymore, like completely blind and say, see, that's how they do it. Because case in point, just today in today's Phillies game, guy drove it to the wall and watched it, you know, and, and, you know, should have been on third, Sh- should have been mm-hmm. on third in a game where it was one, nothing or one, one. And we watched it, which is something that I have taken guys out of the game because I turn, they hit a bomb. I look and they're barely rounding first. I call on a young pinch, pinch runner. That's the end of the game for that young man on the bases. So I got to be careful how I, I use the pros as my examples, but I certainly do. I certainly say, listen, pros will give up home runs. You know, we'll have a young kid throw a good pitch and a guy will hit it 450 feet and immediately the head goes down and I'll say, Hey, listen, in the pros guys hit home runs all the time off the best of the best, but watch the reaction, watch that next pitch. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, I use the pros, but I gotta be, I gotta pick and choose what I, what I uh, point to coach as coach, as far as uh Frankfurt alumni, Jari Evans, Bobby Higginson, Blair sure. Thomas. Sure. Do you ever do you ever have like any of those guys come talk to the baseball team? So uh, of course. Um, so Jari Evans uh, is a tremendously generous guy with his time and his resources, and he has been involved in our school um, for years, for years. And 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 to be honest, sometimes a, a guy like that doesn't even make it public, and we we, we respect that. Whether right. it's a new weight room. Uh, mm-hmm. whether it's scholarship money, whether it's his time, they're definitely involved. Um, Bobby Higginson, you know, a Detroit Tiger great, uh, would have a massive, massive role in our team getting down to Florida every year for years. And then uh, I, I think we may, we may be the only public school in the entire area that goes to Florida for our own spring training. Um nice. And that, that, that certainly is not a small task financially because our kids really can't cover almost any of the cost. They work their tails off all year, but that's another point. But yeah, Bobby Higginson has, uh, for, for, for a long time, uh, was incredibly um, involved in making sure that we had certain things that we needed. Yeah, our alumni is pretty good, for sure. Juan, thank you again for, for coming on. Um, My pleasure. So... You played for Frankfurt, and you played for Coach Peffel, and then you got, I uh, as I think you would say, the honor to assist, be the assistant coach for him. What is something that you learned as a player under Coach Peffel that you, like, I guess, what did you learn as a player, and then what did you learn as a coach, and how did it kind of, like, differ? Like, what did you pick up differently? No, that, that's, a, that's a great question, and it's an easy one for me to answer. So Coach Peffel um, played pro ball. Um, and I had the pleasure of playing for him for four years, which not everybody gets to play for somebody from freshman year to senior year, but he had me up as a freshman. And the first thing I learned as a ball player, he says, you, and I, I, I use this every, every single year still, you have to play like you're being watched. You have to do everything that you do on that field before you step on the field. From the minute you leave that locker room, Do you look presentable enough that if a scout is parked out in the street and they see you, they watch you, they see what you're doing in between at-bats, they see what you're doing um, after you make it out, you have to play like you're being watched. And he would drive this home to us, drive this home to us. And my senior year, I I had some talent, minimal talent, but I had some talent. And I pitched in an eight-inning ballgame. We won one nothing. I threw an eight, which is one extra inning. Um, and in the crowd was a Philly scout. And he approached me because he was watching somebody else. We had no idea he was there. That, that was so far from my mind. I was like 150 pounds. I barely threw 80 on my best day. And this Philly scout gave me a, a bus ticket to Reading and said, we want you to come out and show us what you have at that level. And you know, nothing came from it, but the experience of getting a ticket given to me by a major league scout for a major league workout as an inner city kid. And then I just chuckled the entire time because I had no idea he was there. And all I did was I played like somebody was watching. And in my years of being his assistant and then taking over, and to be honest, 
it was an honor. It was a dream come true for me personally, uh, coming out of that program, going to college and coming back and assisting him. Um, I have had maybe six or seven times where I have personally seen a scout park in our right field or park in our left field, not even get out of his car. I just know him because I've been around the game long enough. Um, and I'd always tell and I don't tell my kids, Hey, that's a scout. I don't do that. I refuse to do that. But the biggest lesson that I still use to this day is you better, your behavior has to be the same, whether somebody's watching or not, but you better anticipate that they're watching. Um, and I think that's, that's one of those life lessons that he taught me that I'm always going to pass on. Coach, I'm going to switch it up on here. Switch it up on here right here. So I'm going to throw you a curveball because I was a pitcher, you were a pitcher, and I've, I've got I've to school my, my adopted radio internet sports son, Nick Lisi, with some old school stuff here. Let's talk about analytics. and uh, Don't even get me started on analytics. Because I'm trying to teach, and you know, and, and the Drew up there is a mathematician, and these guys are always teaching me about <laughs> analytics. And you know what? Get analytics out of the damn game, coach. You know why? Because it to me, it look, we come we come from a generation where you had a starting pitcher that went seven, eight, nine innings, and you had one reliever or just a closer. And now you guys they're putting on the shift on the you know what Tony Gwynn would have done with the shift. In the infield, he would have eaten it up. So I want to get your perspective and take on the whole analytics thing because to me, and it's just not with baseball, you see it all over the place. It's basketball, it's football. It's, and I just think that you, know, you, you guys had your little litmus test. It does not work. Get rid of it. So what's your take on the whole analytics thing? So I know, I know I'm going to upset some people. I have some really good relationships with some professional people, certain, um, <laughs> certain uh, major league teams. Uh, I'm going to be very upfront. Uh, I am not a fan of analytics the way it's being used today. I, I, think, I think numbers are valuable. I think numbers tell a good story. But in the moment, in playing whatever sport you're playing, in that moment, I don't believe that – that should be the end all. That is my personal opinion. I know, I know that there, you know, the people get really divided when you talk about old school versus new school and all people get really offended when you, you put people in those two boxes and I'm sure there's somewhere in between, but me personally, I've had the opportunity to have the tools given to me and I'm not that big of a believer in having that be a huge decision maker for me. Um, I certainly will pay attention to how a kid hit against another kid the next time around, you know, second or third time we play a team. Of course that plays in the back of my mind. But in that moment, in any game, I, 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 I'd like to think that um, I was built to make the decision in that moment based on what I'm seeing in real time. You know, I, I, I was watching the game last night, not to get off on a tangent. Ben Davis made a comment during the broadcast where the catcher in the, in, in the third or fourth time at bat, uh, one of the Phillies players, and he's staring at his wristband, uh, like just like looking for it. And Ben Davis is like, the guy already has four at bats. He's 0 for 4. <laughs> There's not much you need to look for. You already know how to get them out. You've done it four times. But yet we're still enamored with numbers that, again, I get it, but it's – it's. I believe winning can happen uh, when you just kind of coach in the feel, if you will. Now, I did, know that's an, that's, an, that's an unpopular opinion, but that's just did, how I feel. Do you hear that, young Padawan? You're, you're hearing it from a coach now. Young Padawan, you know, I did, you know, I did hear that. <laughs> but coach, do you use analytics at all? Do you, do you like, do. what do you like? How do you use analytics uh, to help your team? I mean, I definitely, um, I, I, I do love seeing numbers from previous matchups. Um, I, I definitely love to see uh, as best of a spray chart as we can get. But I certainly, I use that information, but I won't completely rely on it because I believe in the human element in the moment of playing the sport, whatever sport that is. And it's amazing that you said Tony Gwynn. If Tony Gwynn 
were were who Tony Gwynn was today, I believe he would probably bat over 500 simply by hitting the ball to the left side of the field whenever he wanted to. Um, but yeah, I do use a form of analytics, but just to kind of help me prepare for a game, not necessarily in the moment. Okay, I, I can res- I can respect that. I think uh, I think the Rays probably should have done that in the in the World Series. Uh, I think I think they probably regret not using that. Um, I want to ask you this: dude. What's your most memorable moment coaching? Do you have like a moment where you're like, "Wow, that was insane"? I have two. If I can give you two, that jump. Yeah, to go mind. for it. Sure, go for um, it. In my very first year as a head coach, right? I'm I'm a rookie, um, and it was you know a big thing for me. And we get to the finals. We win the finals in Philadelphia. And I'm a first-year coach. And I'm like, oh, wow, we get to go on to states. That's exciting. But I didn't expect much. We're a tiny little public school in Philadelphia. And we're playing against powerhouses. Um, and then we we win our first state playoff game, which was unheard of at the time for a little public school to play a state powerhouse. And then we move on to the next round. And now we're playing the number three state uh, ranked team in the entire state of Pennsylvania. This team, they had like four division one players on, on their starting nine roster. And I had a young man on the mound who uh, sadly enough, isn't with us anymore. Um, Terrible traffic accident, but he was arguably the most talented baseball player I have ever coached. He's on the mound and he pitches eight innings. Uh, and in today's world, you know, throwing a kid eight innings, you know, maybe 110 pitches. Whoa. But he was a workhorse. We co- we were the home team, bottom of the eighth inning. We had no right to be in that game. We're losing two to one. And our leadoff hitter, uh, a young man, uh, Johnny Bracero, uh, small middle infielder, lightning quick hands, um, takes it to the ribs off a kid throwing 90-91. And I could hear the, oh, like, I, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's dead. But it's all right. The kid gets up, runs to first, and I'm like, all right, we got, we got a shot here. It's the bottom of the eighth. We're already in the extras. And I got this kid uh, coming up. His name was Edwin Rohina. Everybody called him Tito. And I'm like, we just got to figure out a way to get ourselves into, a, into a, a, a position to at least tie this game up. Now, we were playing at LaSalle University. Division one school, gorgeous field, big boy territory. I mean, like 340, 350 down the lines, huge field. And this young man, after throwing eight innings, gets an 0-2 slider and hits it about 410 feet to right center field, Apo Bapo, to walk off a win in a game that was so big for our school um, that – it literally changed the tide for the next 10 years in Philadelphia. I really believe that in my heart, that this public school took on this state powerhouse. And uh, there's a picture floating around online where when he hit it, I actually sprinted home. I, I didn't wait at third. I waited at home with the rest of the crowd. And I'm like crouching like a little kid as he's midair. Because that moment, I, I wanted to be in that moment with those guys that have been through so much. Um, but winning that game, my rookie year as a head coach against that team that we played, um, is definitely one that, uh, hopefully 30, 40 years from now, I'm still going to remember as vibrant as, uh, as I do right now. That's definitely one that, that I can't forget. Coach recently, you talked about, uh, LaSalle university recently, there was something in the news where LaSalle was calling their baseball program. Can you talk to you on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the state of college baseball right now, not the game itself, the administration of college baseball is a tragedy. It doesn't – 11.7 scholarships for programs that have 30 and 35 young men that put everything on the line for that school and schools that are Division I powerhouses that can only give 11.7 scholarships. Now, listen, I have – I have a college football player. My oldest son plays college football. My middle son is on a trajectory to, to, to play college football, who happens to be an outstanding uh, high school baseball player as well. So God knows college scholarships are, are important to our family. I don't understand personally. Clemson, I see Clemson. Um, I don't understand how 
in the world of finances, D1 programs cannot uh, – and, and, and uh, assistant coaches at that level. So a, a good friend of mine, his son pitched for Old Dominion this year. He was one of their top pitchers. This The Old Dominion baseball had one of the greatest college baseball seasons of all time. Uh, Ryan Moore was the young man, the starter for um, Old Dominion. Uh, Joe Moore is a, a good friend of mine. And I think a program like that with 35 of the best baseball players in the area, and you're only going to help 11.7 uh, scholarships, uh, a school like LaSalle University, tremendous institution. God knows I respect them. They've recruited some of my guys. How can you shut a program down or how can you threaten to shut a program down. Temple University, Division One program in the city of Philadelphia, gone. Right. I, it's it, it, it's it's baffling that we put our priorities in different places. Um, I think financially, yeah. I'm sure it makes sense to somebody somewhere, but to me, the actual act of cutting a program at that level, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. One one speaking of finances. The first game of the season for the Phillies, the Frankfurt High School baseball team, was featured on NBC Philly yeah. before the game. Can you talk a little bit about the generosity of what was donated to the Frankfurt High School baseball oh. program? So uh, I'm, I'm, I have an amazing relationship with the Philadelphia Phillies. I have been associated with them on a million different levels over the last 20, 23 years. Um, and – the support that they have given our program and our city. It's not just a, a Phillies Frankfurt thing. The Phillies have done a remarkable job helping kids in Philadelphia in general. I'm going to talk about what you brought up, but then I'm just going to touch on a couple other things real quick because I have to, because it would be a crime if I didn't. Um, th they help support um, an organization called Pitch In for Baseball, and that's a national organization. And what they do is they collect new and used equipment, make it like new, find programs that need it and donate a huge amount of equipment to any and all organizations that need it. You just simply have to apply and that's it. But the Phillies are the ones this particular year that went above and beyond um, with anything and everything that's equipment, right? Anything and everything. The, the thing is that, that people don't realize playing baseball is not a cheap thing. And if you come from the inner city or you, it doesn't even have to be inner city. If you come from a, from a background where finances aren't exactly where they could be, bats are now anywhere from two to $500, yeah. right? $200 will get you a decent bat that may or may not last you a season, right? Three, $400 is the average, a good glove, a good, not a great glove, not a wonderful glove is a hundred to $150. A pair of spikes for a kid that wears a size 10 or 11, it's 100 bucks. And you're just talking about three pieces of absolutely essential equipment. Essential, you can't play without those three things. A helmet that you absolutely need because we can't share helmets all of a sudden. Due respect right. to COVID, we can't share helmets. So every kid has to have a helmet, $45 a piece. So before, before a kid can actually try out for a team, he needs to put out somewhere in the ballpark of five to six hundred dollars. That's insane. That that that's a tough sell for anybody who is in any position in life. So the Phillies, understanding all of this, just came out and and went all in on all of the programs that needed help, and they just completely go above and beyond with their donations of equipment to help this uh, pitch in for baseball and other companies. Um, but, but they mean the world to us. Um, there's, a, there's a gentleman that, that is in the front office, John Joaquin, who has put in thousands of hours uh, to help run the uh, um, RBI program, which is, you know, reviving uh, baseball in the inner city. Because baseball is dying slowly because of the cost, because of the field time, because of, of the nature of the game. So uh, the Phillies are really, really important group of people. I mean, I, I've done a lot of fun things with them and we, you could ask away about that, but what they did this year for us was, uh, was pretty spectacular. Coach. I just wanted to, uh, pick your brain about, <clears throat> I always wanted to go in coaching when I was younger. I just never got around to it. And people always ask me, you know, why did I want to get into coaching? And 
with, with all being said about, you know, possibly winning a title or championships, I always used to tell people it's to see young men or women grow and mature into what they could potentially become. And it's, it's the relationships that you have with these people years later. And I just wanted to get, is what's more satisfying to you? Like, I, I know winning is, you know, a product of hard work and practice and having the right people around you. But can you explain how fulfilling it is as a coach to have the relationships with these people years after they leave the program? Um, I'm going to share a story with you and I don't, you tell me on time. I could be here all night. I may talk your ear off, but I want to share. Okay, good. Uh, um, and this story, I may get emotional when I tell this story, but it's going to be kind of like a, a window into why I really do what I do. People want like, why do you work so hard to get these kids to fly to Florida? We actually go to Disney world. We've gone to Disney world for 15 straight years now. So I've had kids First time on planes, first time seeing a palm tree, first time staying in a hotel. Like, and all those things are cool and they love it. They're, they're, they're shattered. But I had a kid one time. We, we, and and the re, this is a, the exact reason why I do what I do. I had a kid, what, baseball team. I tell them the only rule that I have while we're in Disney World, aside from you better dress like a gentleman, you better talk like a gentleman. All those are, are hammered in, and, and, Never had a problem. You better smile and you better act like you're having fun around me in Disney World because it is the happiest place on earth. Cool. <laughs> so we get on Main Street. We're walking. Here I have 15, 16 physically imposing young men. And one of these kids that I that I have a very special bond with, he stops dead in his tracks. He was a young kid at the time. And um, I'm like, are you good? And he's like kind of staring but kind of like not trying to stare. And I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, what's, what's up? He said, coach, I'm going to share something. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen a man hold a little kid's hand like that before. And I said, oh, well, that's, that's kind of important. You know, that's, that happens. <laughs> like, those are relationships that happen. He goes, okay. And that week, we had a little bond over how families could be. And I'm not just talking moms and dads and kids. Like, that's not the point of this. I'm just talking about how you can treat each other, right? right? The kid goes on, has has a kind of career where you kind of like smile and go, yeah, we were a part of that. College scholarship gets to play some baseball. Fast forward a few years, you get a wedding invitation. You go to the wedding. Kind words are said about you. Fast forward a couple years, you get a picture in the mail of that kid with his kid in Disney World. Oh wow! You know, it's not—it's not Disney World. That's not the point of the story, right? I think I had an impact on helping a young man understand the value of family. Yeah, right. And that happens yearly. That's that's that is. Yesterday we had graduation at Frankfurt High School, and the senior boys, my baseball players, sprinted around the track to hug me and I was just off to the side watching and I was good. I won that moment. Like I won because in that moment, I know that I have a kid going off to the Navy. I have a kid, uh, a couple kids going off to some pretty nice Juco's, but we won that moment because they, they felt enough about me on that day after they hugged their moms and dads on the field, they came and hugged me and I was okay with that. Like I won that moment. Um, and you can, I, I've, I've been blessed. We've won a few titles and I've been given some pretty awesome awards. I'm good with yesterday. I'm good with that wedding invitation. Uh, that's, that's my, my why. Right. And my, 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 my point to the question was, you know, a lot of people see coaches and that's, they think that's all they do. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. they just, you know what yeah. I mean? They, they yeah. just see oh, that yeah. they see the coaches on TV or they see mm-hmm. him and they just, Hey, we just show up and yeah. you know, we coach and that's it. Well, you know, y'all have families too. I mean, y'all I, have I, the I same, you, you, you know what I mean? You know what I, I mean? That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it is, it is remarkable. I'll get, I'll get an occasional unhappy message from somebody out there. And I, and I just, I would love for them. And this isn't me 
padding anything. Maybe Mr. Sherman, who I, who I know can attest, I'm a counselor. I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a lunch person. I'm a ankle taper. I'm a, I had a kid split his chin literally two weeks ago. I hope my principal's not watching. We had to handle that on the moment. Um, and these are the hats that I kind of have to just kind of, okay, put this. You know what? I'm not your coach right now. What's going on at home? Come sit down and talk to me. Um, and it's, it's not exactly for the money. I'll tell you that it's not exactly the finances of being a high school baseball coach in Philadelphia aren't exactly, um, you know, something that I can retire on, but the hats that I wear as much of a pain in the butt as they can be, it, it, there is something to be said about it, but yeah, you're right. People just think I show, I swear People just think I show up on game days and we magically know where to be and where to stand <laughs> and when to swing and when not to swing. Um, but no, it's a, uh, it's a little bit more deep than that. I'll share, okay. a, I'll share a brief story. Coach one is not just a pioneer pun emphatically intended for the Frankfurt pioneers for the kids. He's also a pioneer for the faculty as well. I'm going to share this story. We had a meeting earlier in the year. It was a Friday afternoon and there was some conversation going on. And one of the people on our staff typed in the chat box, if everybody just stops asking questions, we can get out of here. And Coach Juan put in the box, no, these are questions that need to be asked. These are people's careers that are on the line. So the impact that he has is not just on the kids, it's on the faculty as well. And that's why he's been a bastion of success for Frankfurt for so many years. Thank you. You know, I, I, I'm not a fan of cutting corners. So, you know, if, if somebody wants to leave a meeting early, five minutes, 10 minutes, when somebody gen has a genuine question or somebody's trying to learn something, are you kidding me right now that you're going to skip out when somebody's trying to learn something? So, yeah, I'm not going to cut corners. I, I, I can't I can't can't get behind that. Before I get back to uh, the comments here, just from all of us for what you do for the kids and everything else, I know we can't do enough for you, but at least accept guys like you and women you know it's just that, not just the men alone but if you guys don't take a, a minute of the time just like any of us to listen so, to someone or coach them just make them understand that hey you know what you may not have received that love at home but you'll receive it somewhere else and and before anybody gets anything twisted i'm not talking about you know any kind of crazy genuine love or anything else. i'm talking about being appreciated make you feel humble. Hey, you're having a tough day. Let me hear what's going on with you. And, mm -hmm. and I noticed that to, to kind of go with that with Boskeem 48 here, he said, personally, I coach to give kids a different alternative to these streets, which goes along with the story. And then Ducky Cornish, actually, who's a coach himself. Um, he stated that, like I tell all my kids that I help you, that I help you work hard and play hard. Everything else will fall into place. And I mean, you, you hear stories and others come more comments. That I want to get back over to as well. But a lot of times, yeah, people people aren't heard. I mean, you hear about unfortunate things that happen in schools lately, but you always hear the story beforehand. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that kid, he, he said something to me, but hey, you know, I blew it off. And, you know, they all say it. They all say they're going to bring this to school. They're going to bring that to school. And then something happens and someone says, uh-oh, he did come to me a couple of weeks ago. And it, it should never be where we have to wait for some tragic event to happen to understand where this kid is coming from. Everyone yeah. in this world should be loved. Everyone. Does everyone you know, get that love? No. no. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, it can be heart to heart. It's just that love that you need for, you might be having a day where it's just so bad that you have no one to turn to or something that happened at home. And it's like, I can't talk to anybody else. Can I possibly talk to I coach or coach? Thanks for you do. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. I, I'm going to share, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm running long, but I have to I have to share this because what you just said was very poignant. Um, one, of, one of the absolute most important lessons that I ever learned in my entire life, I got to college. I was going to play a little college baseball for a school very far away where nobody looked like me. So I showed up with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because I wasn't comfortable. I was out of my element, but that was my only opportunity to go and play a little college ball and, and be able to go to college. So I showed up and I must have had a look like F you to everybody around me. Right. Like I had I listen, I was a, I was a Philly kid, whatever. And I had this professor and I tell this story every year to my students. 
he pulled me out of class very early on. It was my psychology professor. And he was like, hey, I just got to ask you something. Um, did I do something to you? And I'm like, um, no. He was like, you got this look like you want to kill me all the time. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm having a hard time here. I don't look like anybody. I don't talk like anybody. And he goes, well, I don't mean to be a jerk, but you're not the only one with problems. <laughs> you're not you're not the only one with issues and i was like oh this dude better like back up you know like and he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a little piece of advice and as soon as he said that i almost started tuning him out but i listened because i was like all right i'm in college i'm supposed to be more mature let me listen and what he said was so profound that i still to this day hold on to it with every fiber of my soul he said you need to treat your entire life like you're in an airport and everybody around you is carrying some kind of baggage. You don't know what's in that baggage. You have no idea what people are toting behind them, on their backs, in a duffel. You have no idea, but you better believe everybody has baggage. Some people may have some light baggage. Some people may have some heavy bags. Mm -hmm. But everybody's pulling something behind them. Don't ever, freak, don't ever think you're the only person in the airport with a bag because you're not. Everybody has baggage. And he said it. And I did not sleep that night because I must have I must have treated people like like <laughs> crap for a for a week or two in September, August, September of college, my freshman year. And from that day, I always understand that everybody around me at some point is having something going on. And I need to kind of remember that before I lose my mind on a kid for forgetting a sign, for being, you know, a little slow or for not right. Well, maybe he didn't eat last night. Maybe he didn't sleep at home last night. And, and for what you just said, I just always come back to everybody's got baggage and I got to remember that. And I got to make sure I treat people that way or otherwise we're all going to be in trouble. No, it's so true. And listen, I, we were talking about analytics earlier, and I just got a DM uh, from a from a coach here. So I want to bring up the comment first because he said, "Thank you guys. I love analytics too." And and I was really surprised that I got it from this individual here because, good lord, everyone knows that he loves analytics. And and by the way, coach, just to let you know, Fuji is not only a huge fan of Harry Roseman; he was the biggest <laughs> advocate for Gabe Kapler. I I, I, I don't know why, yeah. but. He was a huge advocate, and I, I say that with intended because he, he was not a fan of Gabe. Listen, Gabe, Gabe Kapler is a terrific human being, terrific human being. Some people may not respect his beliefs in the coaching world. Right. As a person, he's a top-of-the-line human being that is having pretty good success right now, if I'm not mistaken. So, right. Correct. Listen, he is, but we've seen it before in Philly. Have we not? We've seen him. You know, he, it's always before August, September, and then we see that August come around, September comes around, and there's that roller coaster ride. So, mm. and I listen, I have no ill will towards Gabe Kapler. I know he tried to do something here in Philly, it didn't work. It may be working for him in San Francisco, so it, it may not work in one area, but it may work somewhere else. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we can all think of a coach that wasn't super successful in Philly and then went on to Boston and do some pretty special stuff up there. Um, so it's amazing. It, listen, baseball and all sports, if you can make a couple adjustments, you're going to be successful. I mean, that's kind of what it all comes down to, right? If it doesn't work here, it certainly may work here doing something a little differently. Coach, Coach, Coach let me hit you with um, switch to the major, major League Baseball for a second. Sure. You know, I, I, I sometimes reflect. You remember when we grew up, you know, it was basketball, it was baseball, it was football. All the neighborhood kids got together. And baseball was the thing back then. I mean, everybody wanted to play baseball back then. Sure. I lost baseball in 94 when they went on strike and they screwed the Expos, number one. Because um, I firmly believe the Expos probably would have won the World Series that year. Or the where, Yankees. Or, yeah. Where do you think baseball lost and continues to lose because once upon a time when we were growing up, right, baseball was the national pastime. Everybody watched. Football was just starting to, in the 70s, become more and more of a powerhouse. The NBA was sort of on the brink of the bankruptcy thing until Bird and Magic came along. But where, where did uh, baseball go wrong? Where does it continue to go wrong? I can, I can give you the uh, polite answer. Or I can be brutally honest. And just probably be, hey, I, I, I keep it real. 
We keep it real. Just be brutally uh, honest, man. I, I think the next generation um, has zero ability uh, to hold attention. And if you are a passionate baseball fan, um, you need to watch every pitch. You need to understand this tiny little chess match that's happening between a couple dudes pitching, hitting, catching. Um, anybody that loves football, as I do, I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Uh, I will watch every single snap. But we need now. Everything has to be right now. Every I need instant satisfaction. I need this now. Right. And that – you gotta you gotta look at the next wave of young folks in this country that don't have patience to watch. And I think the biggest thing in baseball is games are significantly too long, right? Um, now I don't mind that. I was at a baseball game two nights ago. It was a guy's night out with me and my three sons, and it was eleven forty-five in the eighth inning. And the only reason we stayed is because we're diehard baseball fans, and I'm a coach, so we watch and we break things down. If you don't love baseball, you're not going to watch a three-and-a-half, four-hour game. You're certainly not going to play it when one of the hardest lessons I have to teach a young baseball player is, son, you may not get a ball hit to you for literally two hours. And on that two-hour and first minute, when we're up one with the bases loaded, you're going to get a line drive hit at you. Are you going to be mentally awake enough to know what to do? And the answer to that is slowly becoming no. You know, basketball. Instant satisfaction. Football, right here, right now. Hockey is nonstop back in baseball. You got to love baseball to watch a full major league game right now because it's literally, and I know the pitch clock is up there. I see it with my own eyes, which has no meaning on anything because nothing happens when it gets to zero anyway. Mm -hmm. But you're talking about three, four hours. Something has to give there or this game is going to slowly go away because people can't. And if you, you know what it comes down to, right? It comes down to dollars and cents when people, when, when, when a network can't carry a game because they don't know when it's going to end because they have money coming up on the next show. That's a problem. And eventually there's going to be a point where they're going to stop broadcasting games. But yeah, to answer your question, I think, Games started dying with the new wave of I need it now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, listen, that's true. And I want to bring up because there, there's a couple of comments that people made. And I want to make sure I, I bring them up here. And speaking of, if, if you love baseball, coach, there's a clip I'm going to show you that I'm pretty sure if, and it was recent, that I'm quite sure everybody would love. And it was one of those, how in the world did he get away with that one? But mm -hmm. I want to bring up, I saw one earlier as I come back through my, uh, my clips here. Oh, nope. Not that one. Joey, Bill, Bill, this was earlier on. He says, congrats on Frankfurt football. You have produced some outstanding athletes. Great job. Yeah, thank you. Joey, be a great friend of the show. He says, coach, I coach my son's 12 U Little League team see here in Colorado. And he follows up with, in Colorado, any suggestions on how to help coaches and the patient's level being tested? Gets frustrating, but don't want the kids to see that. I'll tell you right now, one of the things that I've mastered is the walk away, bite my lip, take a couple <laughs> deep breaths. One of the greatest things I ever heard was, well, what do you coach? And it's not baseball. It's not fo I coach children. Whatever, whatever you think that, you know, whatever you – I have kids that are on the brink of being pro athletes, and they're still kids. They still do kid things. You, you got to turn your – don't let them see you get – kids will hang on every move you – I used to have to keep my sunglasses on because I would squint at a kid like, how? why would you swing at that? So now I keep my sunglasses on at third so they don't see that death look I give them. And, and they stare – and it's okay. It's just a couple deep – and turn away from them for a couple steps. You know, they call time too. You just walk down the third baseline a little bit, take a couple breaths because kids hang on every movement you make. I promise you. And you you don't want to – you got to have to like – before you turn around and make the next decision for that game. Sure. And I want to bring up here the, the clip that I was talking about. And it's amazing to me, and, and I have to put a disclosure out there. Sorry, Coach. But so uh, once again, YouTube – and Facebook. I do not own the rights to this footage, but it is available in public domain because I already know what's going to end up happening all over again. But you have to put it out there because you have to. But this was amazing to me. It was just a couple of weeks ago 
that this had happened. And for those who have not seen this, then I maybe you don't enjoy the game, but this was quite amazing. Yep. Baez hits it on the ground to third. Gonzalez. This is so good. goodness wow you gotta be kidding me you've gotta be they kidding stole me. a run you have gotta be kidding me hobby gotta remind me gotta remind me go go think you're invisible el mago indeed i i watched that a few times I just i'm a pirate, put, I'm pirates fan coach so i just i just put that in our baseball playbook i literally just <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Pirates fan. Thanks, Angel. Yeah, Heather, I've forgotten about it. No problem. I, yeah, I just want to bring it. Listen, no wounds, nothing else. I just want to bring it up, but that's okay. That's one of those that you think about what happens with a team. And uh, sorry, Ryan, but uh, the Pirates at night. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, not that night. It's it's every night. Listen. Today. Yeah. Listen. Here's here's what I could tell you, right? That poor first baseman. Like sometimes, once in a great while, even pro baseball players forget how many outs there are. They forget some basic, basic unwritten rules. And that there, there we talked about teachable moments, right? In the major leagues. Mm-hmm. There, there's one of those where you, you, people like us, what are you doing? And you just forget that that dude just starts running away from you. And your first instinct is, I'm going to go chase him because that's what I'm supposed to do is just go chase him. And you forget that you're chasing him back to home. But it 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 happens. That's how, that's Javi Baez being brilliant. Well, it's kind of funny you told the story before, Coach, about I'll never forget. I think I was my junior year, and the coach comes to me and says, you're, you're going to be playing left field today. And I'm like, what? You know, because, you know, not pre- – all right, get yourself mentally prepared, X, Y. Tough game, tough game, tough game. Not a lot of hits, not a lot of runs. I'm sitting out there. I'm like, man, I'm just standing out here. And <laughs> is somebody actually – so, of course, you know, you got your Twitter, your thumbs. You, you're trying to stay as focused as you can. And, of course, we're up two to one, and there's a runner on second. And guess what happened? Here comes the ball. Here comes the ball. Fly yeah. ball. And I had to run to the fence. Now, fortunately, I caught it. Now, he tagged up and went to third because it was a deep shot. But you're, you're exactly right. You can sit out there for two, two and a half hours, and you're just like, what in the hell is it going to take for somebody, for them to hit me the ball? So, right. <laughs> so yeah, that play was remarkable from the Cubs. <laughs> was, was Before we uh, – end up wrapping up here and and coach once again thank you for coming on it's, it's been thank great you. talking to you and i'm pretty sure it's not the last time we're going to talk to you as well because as he as the year progresses back at frankfurt we'll get all the updates of, of what's going on there at the high school it's been a pleasure so, and and by the way just to remind you once again if, if you have that championship moment don't forget you can get <laughs> the best cigar at goose's mighty crystal lounge and tobacco so it's our media partner and and by all means if you would like to visit them Go up there to Limerick, Pennsylvania, and and just browse around. John's a great I'm, guy, and, and everyone who works for him, they have a lot of fun. As he was telling me, that he pulled a prank not too long ago, and it was funny because I even fell for the prank, and then he had to fill me in on 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 the prank. They ended up doing it at work, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, sorry, Dougie, comes in one more great comment here. He says I'm not just a football coach, and softball coach or football coach. I take the kids to the games to show them how it is done and teach them how to how to talk. The right way and listen Dougie, you're, you're exactly right because that's what you need to do you never even if you're not a parent per se like if you're never able to have a child or you just for you know whatever other reason maybe you didn't want to have children but if you're a teacher in a school if you're a public figure you're a parent no matter which way you look at it as oh, long yeah. as and you have to watch how you end up talking to the kids because unfortunately today most modern kids can feel that animosity toward you so but listen, you know, everyone can learn a lot, even from just this show tonight, everyone can learn. So Dave, thanks for tuning in along with everyone else. And before we let everybody go, I just want to make one good, quick announcement here. If you guys have not been, as I will pull up the website here, if you guys have not been lately to broadstreetsouth.com, that is broadstsouth.com, well, go take a look. Because by the way, what you'll find here is little icon to a store. And if you click on that store, our store is officially launched. 
at BroadStreetSouth.store. And you can pick up this great merchandise that you guys can see here. Women's leggings, men's t-shirts, men's tank tops. No, I'll hoodies. be on that. I'll be you on that tonight. Well, I appreciate <laughs> Thank it. You. But you guys take a look. It's great merchandise. It's, it's bringing basically Philly to Tampa. So take a look around oh. there at BroadStreetSouth.com. Again, just go up to their website. Click Is that a right fanny there pack? On that icon. And you'll be rolling <laughs> and shoveling. What's that? Is that a fanny pack? <laughs> yeah, there's a fanny pack oh, in there. Uh, you know what? I didn't know this till recently. That's coming back big time, man. Like yeah. the kids love them. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and especially plus if you're going in, on on a roller coaster ride like down here in in Florida, so you go to Bush Gardens, and the fun part is when you go to on. Uh, oh, I wish I could remember the name of the actual roller coaster. So it it flies you backwards first. Goes forward, comes back one more time before it zings you around. And when it does, if you have anything in your pockets, it's just flying into outer space because space mountain. No, I I wish it was, but it's not even. (laughs) I'll remember it after the show is over, of course. Always. Uh, David, we don't at the moment because we're still getting the hats together. At the moment, we do not have a hat, but it is coming. That's the one thing that we don't have at the moment, only because to, to get the branding on the hat. If we want to make sure the stitching, all that good stuff looks nice. We don't want to just put something up there and it looks ridiculous. So, but hopefully everyone can can visit the website again. Go to broadstreetsouth.com, broadstsouth.com. While you're there, click on the icon store and or you can go to also broadstreetsouth.store, broadstsouth.store and take a look there. So, guys, again, Coach, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. Thank you. I appreciate you. you. Having thank me. you. We Amazing. appreciate everyone watching the show this evening. We'll be back next week one more time for episode 58. And by the way, folks, we're getting close to to camp and getting close to that season. So it's inching closer and closer and closer. So there'll be a lot of NFL talk coming up here the following month. The month go of Birds. July. There'll be all kinds of stuff going on. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, what did you say there? I said go Birds. Go Birds, huh? No. It's a good thing you say that. <laughs> so there goes your go bird. So listen, thanks to everyone watching tonight. Again, for Debbie, the producer out there in Studio B, as I'm here in Studio A, for Nick, Ryan, Sherman, and Fuji. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you all coming again next week. Have a great night and a great weekend.